Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, expert in child development, and a lifelong teacher, and of course, learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a comprehensive self-regulation program that integrates social-emotional learning, school culture, and discipline. It provides the seven powers for conscious adults to help teachers see conflict differently and the seven basic skills of discipline that empower teachers to respond to conflict in ways that instill life skills. So what are real teachers? Real teachers are real people who have a life both inside and outside the classroom. Real teachers are exposed to many new initiatives that are asked of them daily, some to retool themselves, some they agree with, some they disagree with, some they view as meaningful, some they view as absolutely crazy. Real teachers don't have to go to the bathroom until after 3 p.m. That's because they have learned through the years tremendous bladder control. Real teachers stay out late just like the rest of us. Sometimes they drink too much, sometimes they play too hard, and yet they get up day after day and give their hearts and souls to others. Real Talk for Real Teachers is a growing community of loving professionals who seek to love themselves as much as they love others. Today we're going to be talking to a principal who's who is transforming her school with conscious discipline. And hats off to her, because it's not an easy thing to do. It's another initiative thrown upon someone, possibly is the perception of teachers, but it's certainly one she is passionate about. So what? why do I say hats off to you? It's because conscious discipline requires transformational change. Transformational change is different than traditional change. It is designed to be organization-wide over a period of time and requires adults to make mindset shifts and skill set shifts. Most of us are used to traditional change, which is a lot easier and a lot faster. It requires us to stop doing A and start doing B because for some reason we believe B is better or more efficient. It might require us to retool ourselves or get a skill set upgrade or change some skills, but it is never requires us to change our mind about anything. Conscious discipline requires this transformation. It by far is not a quick fix. It takes time, passion, and commitment. And generally, when and generally when it comes to discipline, most teachers want a quick fix. You know, help, I've got Joshua this year. Conscious discipline asked adults to change how they see misbehavior, and this is the big change, and how they see children who misbehave. Now, most of us grew up with the simple notion we have good kids and bad kids. Kids who misbehave are essentially bad kids. They are disrespectful. They disrupt the learning of others and deserve some form of punishment. Cut and dry. Kids who behave are essentially the good kids and deserve some sort of reward. And conscious discipline says, throw all that out the window. It asked us to see all behavior as some form of communication. An infant who cries is trying to communicate something. Maybe it's, ah, my diaper is wet. A toddler who pushes the plate away with food on it or maybe throws it off the table. Basically, 
is communicating something like, all done. A four-year-old who screams, gets angry, and throws a block at his friend might be saying, whoa, help me, I don't know how to handle frustration. Can you teach me? A fourth grader who sits with his head down, refusing to do work, might be trying to communicate, man, I'm feeling hopeless and helpless. Will you help me break down the task into smaller bits or just comfort me for a moment? Now, this is not how most of us as teachers or parents see these situations or we're taught to see these situations. So for some of us, it's a hard shift. Some of us, for some of us, it's a shift we won't even attempt to make. Some of us believe punishment is the answer and without it, chaos and respect. So for some of us, it's a hard shift and one we're willing to make and passionate. For some of us, it's a shift we absolutely refuse to make. We hold on tight to the belief in punishment. Punishment is the answer, and without punishment, chaos and disrespect will run rampant. Today, I have invited Amanda Spite. She's a principal at Gladden Elementary School in Belton, Missouri, which is a K-4 school And she has been implementing conscious discipline school-wide. She's here to share with us what she's learned, what she's gone through, especially with so many initiatives coming down from the district office all around her. How does she sort it out, find out what she values, help her teachers manage all this? So welcome, Amanda. Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. Thank you, Dr. Bailey. It's I'm so excited one. to be here. I am too. And you just finished a hard day of work and you're still talking with me and you're still breathing. So that's a good sign, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> sign. So you said at one point, a conscious discipline came in your life at a perfect time, personally and professionally. Can you describe that for us, when that was and what did you actually mean by that? Yeah. Um, so I began my administrative career um, earlier than most, and it was the spring of 2013. I only had taught for three years and then went into an assistant principal role, and um, I became pregnant, and I wasn't really expecting (laughs) that. And so my husband and I were kind of navigating those uncharted territory And I remember Jill Moley came to a principal's meeting and she she didn't ever say it was conscious discipline, but she was just kind of sharing with us this principle of um, teaching missing skills and using positive intent and looking at the bright side of things. And I remember sitting there like, man, this woman is really speaking my language. Like, this is what I'm passionate about, having been a SPED teacher. I'd always looked at behavior as um, missing skills. And so I was like, yeah, this lady's on to something. And so I remember talking to her afterwards and the principal at the time was real passionate about it too. And so um, from there, we just began developing a relationship with Jill Moley and I had my son, it was a very complicated pregnancy and, um, So I came back from maternity leave in the fall, and she was doing a big presentation to all of our district, all the elementaries in our district. And I remember watching the videos that she was showing 
And my son having been premature and colicky, I was like, oh my goodness, he was feeling my anxiety and all of this. And so I really learned the power of self-regulation. And then um, I had some other things going on personally that were really giving me the opportunity to kind of persevere and really build my skills. And so when I say it came at just the right time, I mean, professionally, I was growing, I was being stretched as a young administrator, but personally, I was also being stretched with being a new mom and having a baby and all of this. Oh, my Lord, you had a uh, I'd call that a perfect storm right there. So yeah, I call it the perfect storm of opportunity, but it gets it better. Is. It gets better. Um, so I went to CD one. Well, and, let me go back and now let, okay. let me just let the people know who Jill Moley is. Jill Moley oh, yes. is a, a, a conscious discipline master instructor, and she's been working with conscious discipline and myself for. Oh, my Lord, 15, 17 years, and she is Mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant. So I'm glad you got inspired by her and coached and developed a relationship with her to help you with your passion and make it manifest. So obviously, how's the baby? Um, He is amazing, and his teacher is really passionate about conscious discipline. You should see him in action. Oh, wow. Like, he's He's wishing mama well. You should hear him encouraging me at Ikea when I'm navigating a cart and this gigantic box by myself. It's phenomenal um, for an almost three-year-old to have the skills that he has right now. But, um, yeah, he's great. Wonderful. Resilient. So being a new administrator, so you come in here with this notion, and now conscious discipline is not a quick fix and an easy sell to many. How did it go when you introduced this to your staff? Uh, I mean, was it like, oh, yay, let's all do this? Or what happened? I thought you might never ask. Um, <laughs> so I, in, the, in June of 2015, I accepted the position to be principal here at Gladden Elementary. And the district did all this reboundering and teachers got shifted to new schools. And um, in the midst of that, I got to go to CD1. And I was like, wow, this is perfect. I'm going to be able to and, use and all that's, this stuff. And that's our summer institute where you get completely immersed in it for a week just to let the people know. So, okay, so you're at CD1. Yeah. And so I remember um, Brain Smart Star and kind of mapping out all these ideas that I had. And I got connected with um, Diane Phelan and Allie Oliver. I went to some breakout sessions. And so I just decided, you know, knowing the demographic of my building and how there is all of this change and they're going through yet another new administrator and there's going to be new staff and all of these things, I knew I couldn't just come in and say, we're doing conscious discipline. Um, Good for you. (laughs) So what I did was I just made the new seem normal. So I remember that first staff meeting, I had one teacher that went to conscious. I had two people that went to conscious discipline with me. And so I said, okay, your guys's job is to do the greeting. So you'll be at this door, you'll be at this door. And so they did greeting. And then I told another person, I said, you're going to be my photographer. And so I kind of set people up in their jobs. And then 
everyone was like, wow, it's really nice to be greeted when I came in. And um, I put all the staff and families. So I have five special education teachers. So I made five families and divided everyone out into vertical teams. So there's one fourth grade teacher, one third grade kind of um, to help build that community. And so I put them at certain tables and I said, this is going to be your family. This is where you're going to sit at all staff meetings. So your job right now is to come up with a team name, a hashtag and um, a handshake. And so they thought I was just being silly, but really I took that from what we did at the tables at conscious discipline. And I had kind of seen how people interacted. And so I just knew it would be really important to build connections between staff members on different grade levels and departments. And I had so many new staff coming in. I didn't want them to be or to feel anxious about trying to find a spot that first staff meeting. And so I just set the precedence that, you know, you're going to be greeted every time you come in and you'll know where you're supposed to sit and it'll be with your team. And so I kind of built these families and now it's kind of one of those normal things. And that, is a, I, that is brilliant. Let me just back up and make sure I understand this. So okay. you, didn't, you didn't even go in. I mean, you, you went to the week-long summer institute with Conscious Discipline, and you kind of followed what we did in the week-long a little bit at our, our tables as we tried to build connections with strangers at a table. And you just walked in and made a new normal. That yes. is absolutely, yeah. Amanda, brilliant. It's like you didn't say we're going to do this new initiative. You didn't say here's what it's called. You just walked in and said this is how we're going to play this game called school. And they just went along with you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> brilliant. Just brilliant. Okay. So after you get these kind of staff, go ahead. Tell us more. From there, um, I decided that every staff meeting, I would start with a brain smart start because in my graduate program, I had a professor that I really admired and he started every class with this quote, these quote that had video, not video, sound backed up to it. And it was just a slideshow and it just kind of got everyone present and in the moment. And I was like, I can use those videos in my brain smart start. And so I started every staff meeting with a brain smart start. And um, for the commitment piece, we went through a process as a staff to develop meeting norms. What's important for us as a staff when we're in a meeting? And so as part of the brain smart start I always started with some kind of inspiration. There's the connection and the breathing or the shoulder roll. But then as the commitment, every single time we had a staff meeting or a committee meeting, the commitment was team norms. Pick a norm and commit to it. So that is, that's let me back up now. For some that didn't, that aren't familiar with conscious discipline, the Brain Smart Start is a, a way to help you go from uh, maybe an internal state that's not so optimal and bring you to the higher centers of your brain. And it involves four ingredients, something to unite us. And you used an inspirational video. video. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it asked us to disengage stress. So you had them breathe of some form like that. Then it asked them to connect, which is basically turn face to face with some of your coworkers. And Their then through the, and the handshake. Exactly. And then 
you did a, a commitment just to get the group norm go for your staff meeting. And you're modeling now what ultimately they're going to start doing in their classrooms, but they don't even know it yet, do they? No. And um, <laughs> those different, like the team norms, that um, was founded in research that we had done from professional learning communities. And so mm-hmm. we'd been doing that for so long and they just thought, oh, we're this is for our PLCs. They didn't realize that purpose behind it. And so I started doing that in all of the staff meetings that I was facilitating and professional development. And then slowly those grade level meetings and those committees that I had started picking up on that last year, slowly started to put those components in place. And then um, from there this year, now I have the majority of my staff starting their day with their students doing a brain smart start. So it would just, it's almost like a natural flow. You modeled it for them. They experienced what it was like. Some of it related to something they already knew. So you're tagging. And then it just kind of started. Now you just kind of make that transition into the classroom. And did you still have resistance or did this cut down a lot of that resistance you have to new processes? Um, there was definitely a balance to that, um, particularly in my building. Um, I, about half of my staff has been here 10 plus years and about half the staff under five years. And in the last 10 or so years, um, I want to say there's been five principals. So they've experienced a lot of of change, a lot of change. And so, um, For me, it was really important to really be sensitive to how things are introduced and make sure that it was organic and really connected them to the why. We're like, this is the research that supports what we're doing. And so um, the building had been a PBIS designated school for several years since I had been a teacher in this building. Um, They started that process, I think it was seven years ago. And so they had um, those different expectations in place throughout the common areas and in the classrooms, and they were reinforcing with pirate cash and all of that. And so um, for me, I couldn't just take those things away because, I mean, that was founded in research as well. So we just kept that in place. Um, They were also using a program called BIST. And so there was a PBIS team, there was a BIST team, there are all these different teams. And so um, I worked with um, a consultant from that's been working in the district for several years and does our strategic planning and our mission statement process. And I was fortunate enough to be able to have him come in and we facilitated a strategic abandonment session and we got rid of some things. So um, the staff really didn't feel like the BIST vision team was helping propel us forward as an organization. So we stopped doing that and we stopped doing a couple other things. And so that really helped to kind of clear the plate. Clear the way. Clear the way. So uh, now... How have you been able to, and this is what Conscious Discipline asked us to do. I mean, it, it says we're going to go from these rewards and punishment and this pirate cash, and we're going to slowly move from that kind of paradigm 
of something outside of you is going to help you manage your behavior to developing those inner resources of how to manage your own behavior without this external reward. How far have you made it on that process? Are some teachers starting to let go of it? I mean, where are you in that process of moving off the external, moving more towards the internal? Well, um, we've made some progress. We are no longer doing a building-wide pirate cash system where they turn in money for rewards. So we cleared our plate of that this year. Um, and I have congratulations. That's thank hard. You. So I have talked to teachers and I said, look, if you um, feel so inclined to continue using something of this nature, um, I can see where that would be of a benefit to make sure that you're noticing the desired behavior of your students at that four to one, five to one, 10 to one ratio. Um, but we need to make sure that that's, it's for us to reflect on how much we're noticing and reinf- reinforcing. Um, I do still have some teachers that are using it, but it's definitely not building wide. And I would say it's not the majority of the staff that are using it. Wow. That's actually a lot of change in a short amount of time, you know, and that idea that you just mentioned about the noticing, which is, you know, at the core of conscious discipline, is that actually seeing children and what they're doing as opposed to judging them as good or bad uh, is is a hard shift. And and to be able to see what they're actually doing, you you know, you stood up and you pushed your chair in, you opened the door so others could walk in. That was helpful. I mean, you you opened your book, you you scanned the line and found out where you were working. Um, can you tell me uh, a, a personal story of a success, whether it's professionally or, or or personally at home with your child? What is one of your really wonderful success stories you can't wait to tell us? I would say like on there's it's hard to pick a place to start. Well, um, grab one. Grab one. All right. So professionally, I will say that um every year the administrators in our district um send out a climate survey to the staff and it's an anonymous survey and we get the results back and kind of reflect on the different things that we're doing and how we can improve as leaders. And so um, I have three years of data on that. I have the year before I came, so the previous principal, and then my two years. So the year prior to me coming, the heat map, it's from red to green, red being really poor, green being exemplary, I would say. that principal's heat map came back yellow. And so <laughs> cautious, last, <laughs> caution, it came caution. back um, like moderately organized for improvement or something yeah, yeah. like that. And so I had high expectations for my first year. Like I was energized. I knew I was kind of staying the course, even though it was hard. And my heat map map came back orange and mm. I was just sick. I was sick. I thought, oh my gosh, I am not going to get offered a contract again. You're this right. Scared to lose your job. Yeah. 
Exactly. I was just miserable, but I was like, all right, I got to do something with this. And so when we came back to school, I shared the results with the staff. We did um, pick two things that were really strong. One thing we want to work on, we went through this process. So this spring, when it was time to send it out, I was like, here we go. <laughs> I'm kind of bracing myself. And I distinctly remember I got the, the survey ended the day before spring break. And I was like, I better not look at this before spring break. But against my better judgment, I did. And my heat map came back in the green. And that was from parent perspective and from staff. Oh, and that's so wonderful. And what I do thought, you attribute wow. that to? What do you attribute that to? That, you know, you started off the first year with orange and then you went to green. Certainly you as a staff talked about it and you did shared leadership with your team and brought it back, which is essential part of conscious discipline to have that constant, we're in this together. But what mm-hmm. do you have any other thing that you saw that you would attribute that green to? Any changes you saw on the staff and well, or yourself? <laughs> Um, I have only grown more passionate about conscious discipline and more intentional and stayed the course, even though it was hard. So I think that was huge because, um, I very easily could have been like, well, that didn't work. They hate me (laughs) and gave up. Um, but I had some really great people. I have my safekeepers that kind of help me to stay the course and keep encouraging me, like, just keep planting those seeds, keep planting those seeds. And so I think that was helpful. I know I didn't change. Um, I I did see a big change in my staff, though. Um, I went from really having a whole lot of interest in conscious discipline and a lot of resistance to, I would say, two-thirds of my staff right now are on fire, interested, and willing That's phenomenal. And you know, interesting, Amanda, that when I've done research, too, on my own program, uh, that first year is a a transitional year, Mm -hmm. and it never shows well. I have learned myself that when I do my own research, wait one more year, and it's going to look good, even after, because part of it is with conscious discipline, as you become conscious of some things you're doing unconsciously, you go, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I'm horrible, and everything's horrible. It, it 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 it's a tough gray area until you get on the other side and realize, oh yes, I may have been doing that, and it may not been my best option. But on the other side, I can see if I can just practice. I'm in charge of that, and I can change this and look at the results I'm going to get. So, good for you for staying the course and. Yeah. Uh, now, tell me about your child. Give me one oh, great man. story with your child. Give me one great story that would inspire even me to try this. So, <laughs> Just he, um, I would say, has a tightly wound clacker. His mama had a very complicated pregnancy, and it was hard. So, he, had, so he, had, he was born with a, with a little trauma on on that yeah. happened. Yes. And not because his parents didn't love him and want nope. him just, it was hard. There was a lot of complications and, um, but he, that just provided him the opportunity to grow some resiliency. And so typically when he's playing with his friends, I'm like, we do a lot of play dates cause he's an only child. And I'm right there coaching him a ton because if a kid comes up 
he's a kid that will either cry or just give him the toy and walk away. Yeah. And so other parents are like, oh, he's so good. He's so good. And I'm like, hmm. Mm, or they're no. apologizing and saying, I can't believe my kid's such a bully. And why is he doing that? And I'm like, don't apologize. This is really great teaching opportunity. And so I work with him on um, putting out his hands and saying, that's mine. Give it back. Or I don't like it when you and just using that language. And he has a teacher at Grace Early Childhood here in Belton, um, who also went to the Summer Institute with me and is phenomenal. So she works on it with him also during the school day. So he's getting it from Mama. He's getting it from Miss Jamie. And um, just a couple weekends ago, we were at a play date. And on several occasions, his friend asked him for a toy or a hug or a high five. And they're both two. And Kaysen said, not right now. Oh, beautiful. And would walk away, no tears. And then Kaysen was equally asking his friend for turns. And his friend started using that language right back. And uh. so it was just really powerful. I've talked to my friend, the mother, about conscious discipline. And so she's reading um, the book Easy to Easy Love, to Difficult love, yeah. to Discipline. Because she sees kind of what I'm doing and how passionate I am. And so to see two two-year-olds, two-year-old boys, navigate that give and take, um, it just brought tears to my oh, eyes. I, and it I would. Like, wow. I mean, we can't do it as two countries or two mm-hmm. adults. I mean, and so you look at this and all you can see is hope. Well, one yeah. thing I want to thank you, Amanda, for being with us and sharing your story with others. Um, I think the message I got overall is that it comes back to deciding what you value. I mean, Mm -hmm. you had a lot of change in your school. There's a lot of initiatives going on, and you held to your values and what you believe is important for for the future children, for our children in this world. And that's hard to do with all the voices around you and all the mandates coming down. And I think that message to other principals and also the fact that you found some other people that supported you and you surrounded yourself with a voice that said you can do it is uh, some of our greatest lessons. So now if you had two things, two things that you would say to a parent or a principal, let's start with a principal, two things for a principal that wants to give conscious discipline a go. What two things can they start tomorrow? What steps can they take tomorrow would you recommend for them? Um, just two things? That's well, hard. Yeah, well, we'll go get them going. Just this is um, something they could actually do tomorrow. Something they could actually do tomorrow is noticing. And you get what you recognize. And so... I remember that first year going into classrooms and just giving feedback based on what you saw, the positive reinforcement that I saw. And I would just say, you did it. You noticed this four times and only had one redirect. Way to go. That is so helpful and tied the research in. So I think um, that noticing was really key. Um, giving the staff empathy. So whenever 
you have people that staff or parents that come in that are upset or um, just needing some support, just giving that empathy and saying, so it sounds like you're feeling this or you were hoping that right. they did this. And they're like, I think those like the noticing and the empathy. Okay. Um, and we're going to take that. We're going to take that. The two things that people could start tomorrow. And, and this would be whether you're a parent or a professional. Mm-hmm. So, And this noticing is crucial. And it takes away the judgment. And it also, what you said is so, so valuable, you know, because what your eyes see is what your heart values. So if you see mm-hmm. kids who are actually scooting over and, and letting people sit next to them, if you see kids who take that extra step on their uh, or, or persevere on a math problem and get it done, we can say, look what you did. You stuck with that. It was hard and you stayed with it until you found an answer. And then if you and and. You know what you did? You actually raised your hand too and asked for help. These are brilliant skills. So I think the noticing and then offering people empathy uh, Mm -hmm. that it is indeed hard. And you were hoping your child would have done better in this math. And we're going to work together and make sure the grades go up. So, Amanda, I really build that safety and just like, okay, I'm not going to get in trouble or they're, they're really listening to me. Right. And that when they know that they're not going to get in trouble and they feel safe, they're willing to hear the words that make their heart sing. So I want to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your story and motivating others that are, are, are also trying to implement conscious discipline school-wide as a principle. It's very inspiring, your story, and your suggestions are very, very helpful. So thank you again, Amanda. It was my pleasure. It's really something that I'm passionate about, so I love talking about it. All right. And for the rest of you listening, until next time, I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.